Will you outlast your money? Do you stay awake at night worrying about providing for your family? Are you making the right decisions about your investments? There are many life-changing decisions that arise and questions you want answered when going through divorce or after you've received your settlement. This is the Financially Ever After podcast, where you'll hear stories of women like you and get advice from the industry's top professionals. Here's your award-winning and nationally recognized host, Stacey Francis. Can you imagine having every detail of your divorce and a few made-up details talked about in the National Enquirer? Our guest today, Laura Wasser, has worked with clients who experienced just that, like Kim Kardashian, Ryan Reynolds, Angelina Jolie, Maria Shriver, Steve Wonder, just to name a few. She's been featured on Hollywood Reporter's Power Lawyers list, Los Angeles Magazine's Super Lawyers list, as well as the best lawyers in America. She has a mission to change the face of divorce, and she's doing just that. She's going to be talking about the tools and the things you need to know to protect yourself. And if you wait to the end, she has something that is going to rock your world. I've never heard anything like this in my career. And it's an online platform called It's Over Easy that can reduce the cost of your divorce down to $1,500, which I have to tell you, there's no one that I know have ever met that has been able to successfully negotiate their divorce. It's typically, instead of $1,500, I would say closer on average, the national is $15,000. But realistically, in California, New York, and some of the other parts of the country, you're looking at closer to $150 to even $1.5 million or more. So please tune in to the end to get this great information. We've got facts, resources, and you're going to love talking to celebrity divorce lawyer, Lawyer Wasser. So welcome, Laura. It's great to have you here. I have so many questions for you, but the first thing is I would love to know how you got into this field because I can't imagine too many little girls kind of look at the clouds and say, I really want to be a matrimonial attorney when I wake up and grow up and get older. So how did you get into this field? Have you always been interested in this or is this something that kind of found you? I fell into it, literally. Um, And I was not a little girl looking up and saying, all I want to be when I grow up is a divorce attorney. My father has practiced family law, still does, and did when I was a little girl. My initials spell law. I was conceived the night my parents found out that my dad passed the California bar in 1968. And so although I really fought it for years and years and years, no, I'm not going to be a lawyer, even though you named me law. No, I'm not going to go into family law in California like you did, dad. As it turns out, I ended up going to Loyola Law School and kind of because I wasn't sure what else to do at the time. I graduated from Cal Berkeley and I was a rhetoric major. So I knew I was good at speaking and arguing and making a point. And then went to law school. And then after my second year of law school, I got married, had a beautiful, beautiful, extremely expensive wedding. And about after I took the bar a year later, we realized we probably were too young and it may not have been the best life decision to get married. And so while I was waiting for my bar results, I went and talked to my dad and said, listen, my meager two-person income has just gone down to a one-person income. Can I come clerk for your law firm while I wait for my bar results? And he said, 
yes, and I'm never paying for another wedding. So I started working at the firm (laughs) and I really enjoyed it because the thing about matrimonial law, as you guys call it on the East Coast, family law, as we call it on the West Coast or divorce law, is that you really get to learn a little bit about everything and everyone during your time doing it. I've learned over 25 years about so many different positions in the entertainment industry, whether it be producer, director, writer, studio head, actor, agent, manager. I've learned about you know the world of banking and hedge funds and investments. And I've learned about all different kinds of sports, people that are athletes and musicians. And you learn about the people too. It's a great study in human nature. So in other words, I stayed doing it for 25 years because I really, really do like the work, like the study of human nature and like helping people get from one chapter to the next. And a testament to you because of the types of clients that you have worked with, some of the top Hollywood celebrities, business professionals, athletes, there has to be a lot of trust. So, you know, I can understand that your curiosity about just people's nature, that that must come through because these are people who, you know, Maria Shriver, Stevie Wonders, you know, all the people that you've worked with over the years trust probably doesn't come easily to them because they've been, I'm sure, burned. And I really give you a lot of credit in what you've been able to do and how you've been able to grow your practice. It's phenomenally, phenomenally amazing. And really, you're just such a powerhouse in what you're doing. Thank you. Part of it is having a real kind of, I don't know, code of honor with regard to people's secrets and people's most kind of intimate situations, particularly when they're generally going through a difficult time. Part of it's just being incredibly self-absorbed and really only caring about what's going on in my life in terms of gossip. I get the facts. It's so interesting. Sometimes I'll be somewhere with somebody that I've represented and I'll say, well, you know exactly what I make or you know exactly what I'll have. And I say, I actually don't. I forgot. I have no recollection of your financial intricacies or anything like that. But I mean, yeah, it really is. You have to have that level of intimacy and knowledge so that you can help somebody kind of figure out what the best resolution for their situation will be, which is why after this period of time, I've kind of gotten into the self-help field because it seems to me that nobody knows what's best for a couple or a family better than the family itself. Exactly, exactly. And one of the things that you talk about is women from the financial end, not really taking an interest in the family finances during the marriage. And I'd love to drill down into that. Why is that? And kind of from that self-help, what do you, in your opinion, what do women need to be doing? Well, I think why it is, and I've spoken about this many times at conferences, and I've listened to people that are probably far more knowledgeable than I am about the financial world. One of the things is, and we have to just accept it, is that historically, we have not been the earners. And historically, we have not been the keepers of the finances in a family. And so we have not necessarily felt entitled to go and say, hey, why don't you let me manage this? Or why don't you let me figure this out? Or why don't you even let me come sit at the business management meetings with you and do this? That, of course, fortunately is changing. Not only are women 
quite often and normally now to income family. But we are much more equipped to be able, in terms of education and everything else in this country, to be able to come in and say, even if you are the earner or the higher earner, I am going to kind of oversee this or figure this out or whatever. We are doing that. We're not abdicating our responsibilities as much. Another thing is, I mean, for most people, men and women, it's stressful, it's complicated, it's not fun. So if you have somebody that comes along and you have kind of been raised with this Cinderella princess mentality of one day I'm going to meet someone and I'm going to fall in love and he's going to take care of me and we're going to have this beautiful wedding and we're going to have babies. In what part of your brain are you going, and I'm going to put on a green visor and balance our books every month? It's just not something you necessarily want to do. And if someone else is willing to, and this is in quotes, take care of it, we will often say, that's cool. I'll let you take care of it. I don't want to have to worry about anything. Yeah. Yeah. Do you see the same thing with women who are what you would consider breadwinners of the ones who are bringing in the majority of the household money, also not necessarily being as involved with the finances? Or is this more so something you see of the woman who he's making the majority of the money and go ahead, you take care of it? Right. It totally depends. It depends on the personality. I have seen many breadwinner women come in and say, all I know is this is what my W-2 says or this is what my tax return says. I don't see anything beyond that. Often, we will be the earners and then say to our spouse, if you're the stay-at-home person, you take care of the finances. And that can be really dangerous too. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it's a great figure out. And sometimes people say from day one, and I am seeing this more with younger women, oh, no, no, no. I earn the money. I take care of the money. You want to be a partner with me? We can sit down once a month and go through it. But I'm not giving up any of the control over this to anybody else. Yeah. And I think it's interesting because often we put people in the camp of, okay, if she's not involved with the finances, then it's that myth of, well, she's probably not the one earning it. She's probably, but that's not necessarily the case. It really isn't as you're talking about. But I'm happy to hear that, you know, some of the younger women, millennials, are starting to become more involved. But I do have to say, there's a good number of women who truly, what regardless of their age, are kind of looking for that knight in shining armor, that man who's going to be my financial plan, so they have to deal with this because they don't like dealing with the money. And that can create a lot of problems. Have you found in some of the clients you've worked with where it's hurt her in her divorce because she just was clueless about where the assets were and what her lifestyle really costs? I don't know that it's hurt her in her divorce, but it is a real wake-up call. I think particularly in metropolitan cities where much is determined by what you are showing, what kind of car you arrive in, what kind of jewelry or clothing you're wearing, what kind of handbag you're carrying, where you're dining. There are plenty of people who are living beyond their means. And so sometimes the person in the relationship who really is not aware of the finances is in for a very rude awakening when he or she sees what the actual earnings are, how in debt they are. I mean, I've had plenty of couples come in where one or the other says, I can't believe that I've been living this lifestyle and this is all he's making. How am I going to possibly survive on this much support? So I do think, and again, that's often why relationships suffer because one person's having all the pressure of trying to keep up with the Joneses and not even letting his or her significant other in on the fact that things are difficult. And so there can be a lot of resentment going on there too. Mm -hmm. And I think what's interesting, a lot of times people feel like couples are strapped for cash 
in that typical middle of the country earning $100,000 combined. But I'm sure you've seen this too. You know what? The pressures to sustain a lifestyle of a $50,000 a month, it can be real. Oh yeah, it's all relative. Yeah, it's all relative. And you can feel like a pauper earning $10, $20 million if that's just not enough to make the family finances the way that you're living actually work. And I think that we have to check ourselves and, you know, just not judge that, hey, everybody makes different decisions and everybody lives a different life and it may cost you $50,000 for your current lifestyle. But unfortunately, as you talk about, that may not be sustainable really going forward. Exactly. And that's what a big part of kind of this next chapter is about for many men and women, which is how are we going to, yes, it's all relative. Yes, we try not to judge, but what are we going to do to come to an arrangement for our next chapter that really is realistic for us? And even the women that don't pay a lot of attention to what's going on during the marriage and are very, very surprised at what they see when the discovery is conducted during a divorce proceeding, one thing I will say to them is you will never be in this position again. The silver lining to this cloud is you now know everything and you are now given a chance to reset or start and figure out what is the best way of budgeting for yourself, what is the best way of prioritizing for yourself. Maybe you want to get back into the workforce depending on what you were doing before, what age your children are, etc. Educate yourself and you will never be in the dark again. Because yes, no matter how many zeros there are behind the numbers that are in your bank account, divorce, I always say, is the great equalizer. And it is always kind of a reality check. And most often it is a disappointment to figure out what is actually there or what you're getting half of if it's a community property state. And so you really, really need to sit down and have some real clear understanding of what's there and how the best path forward will fit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, one of the things you talk about is women protecting themselves before, during, and after the marriage. And you're right that she is never going to find herself in the same situation because it's such a wake-up call. But what would you say for a woman who is thinking about getting married or as of right now is happily married or let's say happily married enough? What can she do to make sure that she doesn't get that lesson and the financial pain that comes along with it down the line? I would say in either circumstance, either before marriage or during marriage, I would say to set some very kind of clear standards for how things are going to work. I also would say that prenuptial agreement are not dirty words. I think that a lot of people say, oh my God, we're just pre-negotiating our divorce. It's so unsexy. It's so unromantic. Here's the thing. If you're planning on staying with this person till death do you part or procreating with them or having a life with them in any way, shape or form, doesn't it make sense? Even if you're not the right candidates for a prenuptial agreement, I'd have to hear the people's respective situations to know whether they were or not. But doesn't it make sense to have the kind of conversations that would surround a prenuptial agreement? I find it so interesting that so many women are more inclined to discuss something super intimate and maybe not very attractive like a yeast infection than they are to discuss finances. Let's talk about this with our boyfriends, with our person that we're about to move in with. Let's talk about it with the person that we're about to marry, that we're about to have children with. Put it out there at the beginning. Hey, here's what I make. Here's my student debt. Here's what I am hoping for with regard to my elderly parents. 
over the next 10 years. Mm-hmm. And you're right, it's not sexy, but it's also realistic enough so that when these things may happen, you have a clear expectation. I think communication is a huge, huge issue for young couples, always has been, perhaps a little bit less so today in terms of let's talk very clearly about what each of our expectations are. And if you're already married and you're finding that things have somehow slipped away from you, I mean, I have women that come in here and they are Mrs. Movie Star, Mrs. Studio Head, and they could get a table at any restaurant in town. They have personal shoppers at Barney's and Neiman Marcus, and they're covered with bling. And they say somewhat embarrassedly, I've never had my own credit card. It's all in his name. I don't get the statements. I don't know what we have. I don't know what's there. Now, again, these days with all of the electronic filings and accounting, it's very, very difficult to hide money. You will have an electronic footprint of what's gone on generally, at least over the last 15 years. Back in the day, it wasn't as easy and things were in shoeboxes with files and Bank of America statements and whatever else. It is easier now, but a lot of times we don't want to know. We don't want to ask. We have spouses that say, I'm the breadwinner. You don't need to worry about it. That's my business, not yours. And that, frankly, if you're in a marriage, is not true. It is my business as well as yours because this money that I'm earning, either half belongs to you or in equitable distribution states like New York, is going to be partially yours. So I'd like to know where it's going, how it's being invested, what's being put away for retirement. How is that working? I think communication is key and not being afraid to discuss it and not putting our heads in the sand. Yeah. And if you're having issues and don't feel comfortable talking about money with your spouse, I'm sure any therapist or divorce lawyer is going to tell you, well, most likely you've got some other problems too, because that is not good. If someone's being financially kept in the dark, that's a big problem. I mean, and this is a big problem. Typically, we see the biggest fights, the most emotional, the most heated are about money. And I get it because... Don't want to be materialistic, but you know what? Money's what makes the world go round. It's what lets you sleep at night. It's let lets your kids go to college. It's really important. Now, while we're talking about money, I'm going to dive into the cost of divorce, but I want to do it from a different angle because you are doing some really interesting things that I have never seen before, and that is taking divorce online. Tell me more about that. And also, I mean, I think it's really interesting because of your background and probably what you've learned through all of your years doing this work and how that's coming to this project as well. So as I said, I've been practicing family law for 25 years. And in 2013, I wrote a book called It Doesn't Have to Be That Way because I have over the years had so many friends who never could have afforded my services or my firm, ask me questions, ask to spell things out. So I kind of sat down in 2013 and wrote it all out and told some interesting anecdotes and kind of gave people my advice in a book. And it was very well received. And the next logical step was to figure out a way to actually let people participate online. You look at people, how they shop online and they bank online and they date online why wouldn't we give them an opportunity to get divorced online? So I started talking to some tech people and we came up with my website, which is called It's Over Easy. And if you look at the price of the average divorce in the United States, which is $15,000, at my firm, it's $25,000 just to get in the door. I charge $900 an hour, which even though it's me, kind of guts me to say it. 
And it's over easy. We charge $1,500 for both people to go through the divorce process. And so in addition to just having the platform, which helps you fill out the forms and submit them to the court, we have a huge amount of content because I think that education is so important. So similar to the anecdotes that we're in, it doesn't have to be that way. The book, there are all kinds of stories that I have heard over the past years practicing family law that I've experienced that have happened to me personally because I've been through a divorce, as I said, and I have two children with two different dads. I wasn't married to either of them. So we have our stories. All of that stuff are in the content that we have on the Mm -hmm. site. In addition to, I do a podcast every week called Divorce Sucks. And we take people that have either been through a divorce, people that are specialists with regard to child custody or finances, famous people, because we know people like to hear about famous people. And we have all of those. And those are also downloadable from the site. So all of that content. And then on the other side of the form filling platform, we have what's called the index, which is a way because I know also after 25 years, it's not over when it's over. Once your divorce is done or while you're in the process of getting divorced, you may need help with financial planning. You may need help with a mediator. If you hit a wall during the the process. You may need a great dating site. You may need someone to help prepare a qualified domestic relations order or a moving company or someone to help you get new either homeowners or health insurance because it's no longer available through your spouse. So all of these things in each city of the United States is on the index so that our users can find and we vet them all and kind of curate the site, find the best person or business to help them during this. So we really have a full umbrella that's under this divorce resource and trying to make things available, bring people together in a community because as you're going through this, you really do take the village as we like to say. Yeah, yeah. And for those women that are listening right now, so Laura, when you're talking to someone, who is a good candidate for an online divorce? And then alternatively, who are some candidates where it may not be the right fit? So how do we recognize, is this good for me? So a good candidate for It's Over Easy would generally be someone who clearly not like loving their spouse at the moment because they're getting divorced, but would like to save the financial and emotional expense of hiring two attorneys and duking it out with advocates who are making money as a result of the conflict going on between the couple. So if you have even a remotely civil relationship or believe that you could with regard to the legal aspects, which is basically division of your assets, support, and custody, if you could somehow figure that out with your spouse. And again, as I said at the beginning, no one's going to know how your family functions better than you. You may need some help applying the law to your facts, but nobody knows how your kids, Madison and Daniel, are going to go best throughout the week with regard to what day karate is and whatever art class he or she is in. You and your spouse can figure that out best and what's the best way to get them there and have them where they need to be. And if there's any childcare or whatever else, you guys figure that out better than some judge that's sitting on the bench or two lawyers that are charging you by the hour to write letters about it. As for the finances, part of the platform has something where you fill out in, in as simple as possible what you have, what you owe, what you earn, 
and what you spend. Those are the four corners of kind of the financial discovery that you're going to need to exchange. And then you figure out a deal which makes sense in, in terms of dividing those assets and coming up with support. And we do have folks that they can you know, jump to to help them if they hit walls. I know it can be difficult to go through it alone if you don't know much. But again, if you have a desire to kind of educate yourself and get through it, then it's right for you. The people it's not right for, and it doesn't matter how much money you have. If you have a lot of money, it's still possible to do this on the site. And my hope is that people will start to, right now it's kind of geared toward a demographic, I don't know, two income family that's anywhere between I'd say 75,000 and up. If the finances are incredibly complicated, they can still do it on it's over easy if they have somebody that is working in their accounting departments or a business manager to help them lay it out. They can still come up with the deal and get through it. People that can't do it are victims of domestic violence. If one or both parties suffer from domestic violence, if they really can't get along, if there's problems with child custody, incarceration, that's going to be difficult. But pretty much anybody else can and should give it a try. Because even if you do hit a wall during the process, you can kind of put it on hold. We don't charge you by the month or by the hour or anything else. Figure out whatever issues having a hard time with and then come back to it. And so we really try to make it so that it is in bite-sized pieces that you could go to and you don't lose anything for trying. And for $1,500, which is less than half the cost of my hourly rate times two, it seems to make a lot of sense. Yeah. And I mean, there's no downside, right? go get your resources, put in your data, get everything organized. If God forbid it doesn't work, well, (laughs) you're so much further ahead than you were. Exactly. And all of that content and the index is free and comes along with it. So That's great. So you have your resources too, which I think is important. You know, we interviewed 150 women going through divorce and spent a year talking and asking questions. And the number of women who just felt so alone, didn't know where to turn, didn't really have a Rolodex because she wasn't planning on necessarily getting a divorce. So she didn't know what therapist to go see or what person to use for X, Y, and Z. So I think that is really, really helpful as well. I mean, wouldn't it be great if you were going through that and like you go on our blog and somebody else in across the country happens to be awake and you guys can strike up a conversation about what's happening, what's happening with your kids. Oh, we told the kids today it was horrible. Or finding support groups in your area, a bunch of women that don't know each other but live relatively close and we all go out and we have Chardonnay on Wednesday nights at this restaurant because we just want to talk about it. It's hard to talk to your married friends or friends who are in love or about to get married if you're going through this terrible time. It's a great way of kind of communicating and networking with people, maybe that you'll know forever and maybe that will just help you get through this difficult time. Yeah, And they don't want to talk to you about this stuff. This is icky stuff. And I almost feel like some married people feel like divorce is catchy. I don't know, yeah. like, like a cold. Like I don't get right. that, but and it does, um, but it does happen in blocks. A lot of groups that are friendly, all of a sudden, all of them start getting divorced. It is very interesting. So I can understand why people think that. Yeah. No, I know. I know. Well, you know, the good news is it's not a cold, but uh, 
you know, I can't thank you enough. Can you tell us a little bit about your podcast and what I'm going to do to, I'm going to make sure for all of you listeners in our show notes, we're going to have a link to a divorce sucks. We're also going to have a link to the book that Laura wrote. It doesn't have to be that way as well as the link to it's over easy. So you can take a look at the software, look at all the resource centers, you know, see if this might be a good resource for you, but tell me a little bit about your podcast because it's phenomenally, phenomenally successful. You've really done yeah, a fantastic I'm job. <laughs> I kind of started doing it just because I thought it would be a good way to kind of hone my speaking skills. I do a lot of public speaking. I wanted to have something out there that people could listen to. Like I said, because I have relationships with people in the entertainment industry, I've reached out to some of them and said like, hey, how would you feel about coming on the show and talking about co-parenting? Or how would you feel about coming on the show and talking about you know, heartbreak or what you went through? People can relate to that. It does seem to trickle down, starting with Gwyneth and Chris and Conscious Uncoupling. We are seeing what I call the evolution of dissolution and the way how we're changing, how we approach divorce in our culture. And I think that's fantastic, the way that we're parenting and having more dads be hands-on parents. So having famous people, for whatever reason, speak about it publicly does trickle down. Then also providing a resource when you have a financial plan or come on and talk to people about how they can best plan and get ready and exchange information to go through the process. Having mental health professionals talking about healing and grief and living through it or better communication skills between co-parents, making that available to people. I was approached by Podcast One. We're on iTunes. It's downloadable. We do one a week and I've gotten great, great feedback from people saying, thank you so much for putting this out there. Nobody wants to ever talk about this. And I listen in my car and it just it makes me feel better or I learn something from it. So it's called Divorce Sucks because divorce does suck, but we're trying to make it a little bit easier and a little bit more understandable and manageable. And it's on every week. You can get it on Apple, iTunes. And it is also available through the It's Over Easy website, all of the episodes. There's a link to them there. Again, I encourage your listeners, Stacey, to if they have questions, listen, call in, email us, and we'll be happy to address them and talk about them on the show. I have to say, just as a wrap up, a great big kudos to you. You are one of the few people who are doing so much to really change the face of divorce and everything from your podcast to your practice, but also this tool other than I'm not sure how you sleep, and I know you have kids too, bless them. <laughs> Our kids are the same age. I have a 13-year-old, and I, I don't know if your son is roughly about that age too, but you know, divorce touches everyone. You know, Divorce yeah. touches everyone, and divorce is not a fad. Divorce is going to happen, and you're doing some great stuff, and I just want to say thank you for joining us today, and for individuals that want to get a hold of you, of course, we'll put link to OverEasy, but anyone that might be interested, particularly in your firm, as well as your divorce law services, what's the best way to reach out to you or your website? So the website is itsovereasy.com and at itsovereasy is our Instagram. I have an Instagram called Laura Wasser Official. The firm is Wasser, Cooperman, and Mandels. And we also have a website. I believe it's uh, Wasser, Cooperman, and Mandels PC. And yeah, very, very available and reach outable. And we would love to hear from people because, as I said, we are collecting a community. We are inviting people to join it. Like I said, you don't have to stay. You can come just for the time you need us and then leave. 
for better or worse, people don't think about divorce much until it is touching them, but it touches almost everybody. And so we want the resources available so that you can kind of get in and out and move through it more than anything, Stacey, so that we can have better adjusted kids if they are the children of divorce. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Thank you again. And we will make sure we put all those links as well as a link to the firm website and keep on doing this awesome work. Let us know what you're up to. Thank you so much. I don't know about you, but I definitely am starstruck. I completely understand why Hollywood's top A-listers trust her. It's interesting because she works with the likes of Stevie Wonder, with Maria Shriver, with Angelina Jolie in her recent divorce from Brad Pitt. But at least what I took from the podcast, and I know you felt too, Laura is a real person. And what became very apparent is that she really cares and she does want to change the face of divorce. So I urge you to please check out her online resource. It's over easy. As I mentioned, all of the links are in the show notes. And to start to educate yourself because she is right. Divorce can cost hundreds of thousands, even millions of dollars over what? over money, and for many people, hurting their children. So thank you for listening in. Very excited for you to have listened and gotten to know one of the top celebrity divorce lawyers in the world.